episode four yeah we're back we're back peoples and we're gonna we're gonna do this thing man no disclosure episode four thanks for tuning back in thanks for all the people who have been tuning in listening to this silly little podcast here we've been having lots of fun uh ever since we started we just get fancier by the day every day that passes our fancy level just keeps going up doesn't it i mean pretty soon we're going to be like monocle top hat fancy. We might even graduate to the uh, like gold chain watch in the pocket, like looped over the front side of the jacket kind of fancy. We might get there. We're trying. So let's <laughs> we're, we're going to we're going to get into it right now. OK, Uh I, I I normally wasn't gonna report this or you know talk about this because I want to remain as current as possible. But um, have you seen the latest from PETA? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, all the let's say if if for those of you who live on Mars next to the the rover wherever he is, um, Google made. Steve Irwin on what, Cassie? What was it? His 57th birthday, something like that? On the anniversary, uh, anniversary, yeah. On the anniversary of Steve Irwin's birthday. Google made Steve Irwin the, uh, the, 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 the front page animation, which was awesome. It was really cool. It was really respectful. We all love Steve Irwin. Who doesn't love Steve Irwin? He was awesome. You know, he was, he was the world's sweetheart, man. Everybody loved that guy. And uh, so leave it to PETA. To say something wacky and stupid. They've never done that, right? So they come out and say all these horrible things about Steve Irwin and, you know, basically uh, just throw in shade the guy's way. On the anniversary of his birthday, when Google decides to commemorate him on their front page. <laughs> I want to reassure everybody that um, you can throw your hate back at PETA. Matter of fact, that's okay. Go ahead and do that because that just proves that you are not a complete asshole. And uh, these things that Pete is saying, like I said, feel free to, to throw your shade back at them. Seven different colors of smoke their way uh, because what they did was completely uncalled for. Uh, but I just want to reassure everybody that uh, PETA is a bathtub fart, and they always have been. Nobody takes these guys seriously. <laughs> Come on, man. The only people that takes these guys seriously are those weird, ultra-democratic people who don't vaccinate their kids and think that cookie dough will make you sick and, you know, crap like that. Nobody really takes PETA seriously. I actually subscribe to PETA's YouTube channel, not because I have any ideological, you know, things that align with them, it's just because those uh, those animal gore videos, man, they make me hungry. They completely have the opposite effect on me. Like at you know at the end of the video of the slaughterhouse videos, like did this video of a pig getting ripped in half make you want to go vegan? No, it made me want to go to McDonald's and get me a quarter pounder with cheese. I love their videos. Cassie thinks it's a really weird 
obsession that I have. She's shaking her head right now. I love those PETA videos. <laughs> they do. They make me hungry. When I'm in a car and I'm riding out, you know, when we pass like a farm or something, and we see the chickens and the horses and the cows and whatever, I don't see a cow. I don't see a chicken. I don't see a, a pig. I see 500 unprocessed Big Macs. I see 20 chicken nuggets on legs. I mean, I see the animal out there, and it makes me hungry. PETA has no effect on me whatsoever. But, uh, you know, PETA's always been nuttier than a woodchuck turd. Nobody takes them seriously anyway. But shame on you, PETA. That's messed up. You know, doing this, <laughs> saying this horrible stuff about Steve Irwin on, his, uh, on the anniversary of his birthday. I'm not going to... Uh, what what's the word? I'm not going to entertain your cancerous thoughts and words and opinions by pulling up this article and reading to all the people, telling them exactly what you said. I'm just going to give you the long and the short of it. <laughs> That's basically what they said. You can paraphrase that, and I quote it: "Queen at the Oscars, yes." Isn't it nice seeing a rock and roll act, a real rock and roll act, being represented on TV like that? Because these award ceremonies, Grammys, it's a pop hip-hop fest. Always has been. They've always ignored rock and roll. Always. The Academy themselves has always underlooked metal in particular. Rock and roll. It's, it, it's, it, it, these award shows never cater to that kind of thing. But um, the film Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, despite the polarization in between, you know, what the critics are saying, which who gives a damn what critics say anyway? <laughs> it's it's uh, I, I wouldn't even call it an educated opinion, to be honest. I mean, wh what kind of school can you go to to uh, tell people what you think about a movie? It's the weirdest line of work to get into I've I've ever seen. You're just telling people what you thought of a freaking movie, so I don't give a damn what the critics, critics say. It's been a massive hit, and I went and saw it. It was awesome. I loved it. They did it very, very respectfully. They um, they didn't pull any punches with, uh, you know, how Freddie Mercury uh, lived his life, his lifestyle, the things that he possibly could have done better, you know, the mistakes that he'd made. Uh, not just business-wise, but personally. They, they they did all of it, and it was done very, very respectfully. They didn't um, uh, they, they didn't put the AIDS thing at the forefront, although that was a, a major, you know, that was, that was a cat that had to be let out of the movie bag. That was something that they had to talk about, but I, I loved it. It was done very respectfully. Um, it made Freddie human, which I loved. And, you know, here we have the, one of the most respected bands, of all time, and they're performing at the Oscars. I heard on Eddie Trunk, because you know Eddie Trunk was going to complain about something, right? I love the guy, but you knew he was going to bitch about something. Um, he was going to say something about Adam Lambert, or when he goes, oh, God, please tell me they don't do We Are the Champions or We Will Rock You. <laughs> Those are the exact songs that they played. But what Eddie Trunk has to realize is that, you know, this is done at the Oscars. Queen is not going to play a B-side or an extended cut. You know, they weren't going to go out there and play One Vision. <laughs> they weren't going to go out there and play, you know, Innuendo. Uh, I, I have no problem with their choice at all. Adam Lambert sounded great. The band sounded great. I really missed John Deacon. I really wish Deacon would have been there. And, uh, you know, John Deacon has been enjoying his retirement. It's been 
very it, – it, I was looking on YouTube to try to find, like, any kind of interview that John Deacon's done lately, you know, the bassist for Queen that retired shortly after Freddie's death. Um, you know, apparently he was very, very traumatized by what happened. And, uh, you know, he's been very – even with the guys in Queen, very difficult to get a hold of since. He still handles a lot of the financial stuff regarding Queen, and Queen, you know, let it be known that he is still very much in control of, of the band from a financial standpoint. The movie even being made had to go through – you know, one of the John Deacon was one of the people I had to go through anyway, but yeah, I really missed John Deacon being there. That that would have been cool. Um, a lot of people said that it was kind of a slap in the face that John Deacon didn't show up at the uh, induction, you know, ceremony that Queen was in. They didn't show up at the Oscars, even if he didn't have to perform. You know, he wasn't there. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence about that. You know, John Deacon has made his contributions in Queen. Uh, nobody's going to forget who John Deacon is. And, you know, he wrote some of the most important songs that Queen has ever done. A lot of people, I hate the misconception that if you're singing a song, you automatically wrote it for some reason. You know, John Deacon wrote, he was a major, major songwriter in the band. He came up with a lot of their material. And Freddie sang his ass off like he always did and found that inspiration in his own soul and his own life that made him because I truly believe and I'll stick by this till my dying day a singer will never be able to sing a song properly and with the correct amount of uh, whatever you want to call it without relating it to themselves somehow without feeling it and Freddie Mercury was amazing at that and you know all these guys they spent so much time to get <coughs> they spent so much time together that, you know, they could relate to each other's stories. But John Deacon, um, you know, apparently he was very, um, he was very, very, very sort of messed up, you know, when, with Freddie Mercury's death. And who can blame the guy? And what happened to Freddie was was horrible. And, you know, we all love him. We all miss him. Wish Freddie was still around. And it's really, it warms my heart to see a film about his life get recognized like this and you know remy winning best uh, actor oscars and stuff i really wish, wish it would have gotten best film but just the fact that queen played the oscars opening you know the opening part of the oscars the queen was there and you know them getting recognized for such an awesome film but not only that uh you know everybody they everybody knows that this is a love letter to to freddie and this wasn't made uh, you know, like a lot of other bands do this kind of thing to make money or revitalize their name or just tell a story or whatever. And this this was a love letter to Freddie. Uh, you know, he, he was a very beloved entertainer. If uh, you want to find out how to do a concert or entertain a crowd as a singer, Wembley Stadium, the, the uh, Live Aid performance that Queen did, you know, a lot of people say, like, who, who wrote the book on performing in front of an audience? The Wembley concert for Live Aid with Queen was the book. If you want to find out who wrote the book as far as how to perform in front of an audience, that performance is the only one you need to watch. But not only that. I mean, Queen, uh, Freddie sang very special songs to us, and he'll always be remembered. I, Freddie, wherever you are, man, I, I love you very much. And it's really cool to see, uh, you know, this movie get the recognition and the love that it deserves. It was really funny seeing, aside from Mike Myers and Dana Carvey doing uh, – you know, uh, introducing Bohemian Rhapsody, which was pretty awesome. 
it was neat seeing those guys do the Wayne and Garth characters. That that was a cool little touch. But you know, aside from Mike Myers uh, being in the movie too, it was it was a cool little touch. But the audience got me. The audience was really funny uh, because <laughs> you know that some of these people. I'm not going to go into why the Oscars is the Oscars, but you know the Oscars has had uh, a tremendous dip in not only views but you know how people see the Oscars and the level of um, respect it's had over the years. It's just you know, it's a bunch of weirdos in a building. Just it, it's a popularity contest. It always has been. Art has they say that it's about the art, but you, it's it's not. Don't fool yourself about the Oscars. But when Queen was performing, it was it was really funny because, you know, you see all these uh, people who genuinely love Queen. You know, they're having a good time and bopping their heads and shaking their fists. And a couple of them, you know, they're real rock and rollers. And a couple of them were like, yeah, man, raising their fists and stuff. Oh, that was that was pretty cool. Some of them looked so out of their element. <laughs> they looked so out of place, you know, listening to a, 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 a rock song live, you know. It's kind of like Ricky Bobby in the movie Remember Talladega Nights where he doesn't know what to do with his hands. <laughs> the guy keeps having to put his hands down. That's how some of those people look. You're like, man, you will never be caught dead at a rock and roll show, will you? But it was it was awesome. It was really cool to see uh, Bohemian Rhapsody get the, the uh, you know, respect and, and exposure that, that it did. That was pretty cool. What won Best Picture? Green Book? That is a shock. Man, I mean, Spike Lee's awesome, but I really wish Bohemian Rhapsody would have gotten it. Just, you know, but that's that's cool. Bohemian Rhapsody got uh, got a lot of love, got a lot of respect, just like the man himself. Again, we love you, Freddie. We love you, Steve Irwin. Quit shitting on these people. I'm talking to you, PETA. You start messing with Freddie Mercury, people aren't just going to get angry and, you know, do mean posts and stuff on Twitter. You mess with Freddie Mercury. Then you're, you're talking like World War III. Don't mess with that guy. Steve Irwin, that's bad enough. Uh, what else we got here? I know Motley Crue's making a film. I am going to see it because that's one of the most interesting... <laughs> one of the most interesting documentaries you'll probably ever see. I just really, really hope that they uh, don't hold back on it. If they don't hold back on it, even if they don't show anything, that's going to be an X-rated film, <laughs> let me tell you. It's going to be really cool, though. Um... What else? What what do we got? What do we got in the news here? I don't give a crap about that. I don't care about that. Five groups of people who will never receive Social Security benefits. Well, let me tell you one group of people that won't get Social Security benefits as time passes. That's our children. If they keep messing with stuff like that, it's, it's going to go away. They keep dipping into it little by little by little. The soon... Social Security is not even going to be a thing. I'll be amazed if I retire with it. So, yeah, I'll tell you the five people that won't get Social Security benefits. I'll narrow it down to one. Do, 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 do. What? What is this? Oscar war... I don't, okay, now the Oscar stuff is getting crazy. We're talking about wardrobe again. <laughs> oh, jeez. Prince Harry's salary. Oh, we're going to find out how much more money uh, Prince Harry has than you. Uh, downsides of retirement that nobody talks about. What the hell is going on with the news? 
Massive iceberg is about to break off from Antarctica. That does suck. Chloe, postcryptic. Who gives a crap about Chloe? Wow. A little slow today, human race. I mean, th this is good. I mean, this is good for human race and society. Not very good for no disclosure. But uh, you, it looks like you got your crap together today, guys. This is awesome. Oh, wait a minute. May have said it too soon. Two men, one woman behind a four-state deadly crime spree. Who is this, CBS? Ah. Whoa, that, oh man, that guy looks, whoo. <laughs> Have you seen the mugshot? Okay, let's check this out. Colorado Springs, Colorado. The El Paso County Sheriff's Office is part of a multi-state, multi-jurisdictional investigation, which started with a shooting outside of a strip club in Colorado Springs. The shooting happened just after midnight on Friday. Sheriff's deputies responded to Deja Vu Showgirls. Ooh, I like that name. On B Street for reports of a man shooting at the building. Shooting at the building. Cassie, what do you think the building did to him? Not the people in it. He's shooting at the building. Maybe he didn't like the architectural style. Let's keep reading. Uh, no one was hurt. Well, the building probably was. I'm sure he injured the building. But Finelli left the scene with a Hispanic man and a female employee who authorities say ran out of the building naked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no one was hurt, but Finelli left the scene with a Hispanic man and a female employee who authorities say ran out of the building naked. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay, was, so was she an accomplice? What's the deal here? If you're an accomplice to a crime, even if the guy says, well, I'm going to go and shoot up the place, even if he doesn't give you a date, if you're an accomplice, you're going to prepare for that, right? I mean, she didn't have clothes waiting by the front door or something? I mean, this is, was she doing it to divert attention? <laughs> no one was hurt. But Vanelli left the scene. Yeah, I already read that. Denver police say a man and woman later shot and killed a man. Ooh. While stealing his car near Colfax and Perry Street at 2 a.m. Friday, two hours after the strip club incident, police later confirmed the same people were believed uh, to be involved in both incidents. Two hours later, after 4 a.m., the suspects robbed. Robbed-a, robbed-a. No, it, it really does say this. Cassie, look. On CNN's website, it actually says. Authorities say that two hours later, after 4 a.m., the suspects robbed a robbed a convenience store. Wow. Let me tell you, CBS. Oh, this is CBS. <laughs> Let me tell you, CBS, you guys are really on top of it. All the money that you guys make and you can't. I'll tell you what. I'm going to offer my services as an editor. Okay. You don't have to pay me very much. All you need to do is provide me with enough material to uh, report on the story accurately. So I'm going to need photos of this woman running out of the building naked. Uh, you know, just for, uh, you know, story purposes, my audience needs to be informed. And, 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 and in return, I will edit this thing. I'll edit this, this uh, article. Unless they, okay, wait, let me, let's think about this. Robbed a robbed a convenience store. Okay, so if they robbed a robbed a convenience store, Oh, I get it. Okay, so it was a convenience store that sold supplies 
that you buy to rob a place. That sounds right, Cassie, doesn't it? So you go to a convenience store that has all stuff that, you know, like ski masks and shovels and lime and guns and ammo and all that stuff and plastic bags and suitcases like the guys in heat, you know, and cool suits and stuff. You go to the convenience store to buy uh, stuff to rob a place, but they rob that place. Okay, now, okay, I get it. I get it now. That wasn't a typo. Uh, CBS, I would still like those uh, pictures mailed to me. Can we find them? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Uh, 17 hours later, at around 5.30 p.m. on a Saturday, law enforcement in Roseburg, Oregon, say they responded to a Red Robin restaurant for an attempted carjacking. The suspects, who authorities say are the same ones from multi-state crime spree, fled. The second male, now identified as Jose Labazajoleva, 31, was left behind and subsequently arrested. Okay, so what we got, uh, old boy shot at a strip club building for some reason. Didn't like the look of the building, didn't like the architectural style, I guess. Maybe he had a thing against stucco, something like that. Maybe as a kid, he like ran into a stucco wall and cut himself up. Had an accomplice. They stole a car, killed a guy. Very unfortunate. That part sucks. I feel bad about that. And then they robbed a robbed a convenience store. Maybe that's the name of the place. Robbed a convenience store. So they robbed the robbed the convenience store. Okay, I get it. That's crazy. Well, human race, you were doing good until I saw that. Uh, what else we got? Kim Kardashian looks so different as a redhead. Cassie, is that a news story that you want to hear? I'm like, I could totally report on that. No, I'm I'm serious. Kim Kardashian went red. We need to stop everything we're talking about. You don't care. How could you not care? Kim Kardashian Kim Kardashian's hair is red. You're crazy. How could you not care about that? This is on the front page. This is on the front page. It guess what? It is featured over the shooting that happened. This is news. How could you not care? And this news is not listed as far as, uh, you know, chronologically, like a lot of news sites are. Th- this is a, a trending section. And this is was this was before the shooting. I skipped over it earlier, but In Style Magazine. Man, you guys are really bringing home the beef, aren't you? Reporting some real news. Why is Kim Kardashian famous? Is it because her dad was like mega lawyer? Is that is that is, is that why? I know a lot of women who uh, you know, attempt to conjure up in their heads somehow about why Kim Kardashian is famous and what she does? Like, let me hear it. Comment on the video. Send me some emails, phone calls. Let's get a dialogue going. And I want to know exactly why this woman is famous. I want to know exactly what kind of talent she has to merit all this money and wealth. The money and wealth, a lot of people just inherit that. That's a pass. I'll give her that. But why the hell is she so famous? I'll, I'll hear a lot of women say, well, she's philanthropic and she does this and she owns a business and owns a business and all that. I used to know a guy named Roland who lived in Des Moines, Iowa. OK, he used to sell crack in Des Moines, sold it out of his house, too. That's a business. He ran a business, too. Why isn't he famous? I know a woman named Beverly Cutler. She used to sell her, her uh, cancer medication. That's a business, right? She's doing business, too. Why isn't she famous? 
Oh, because Kim Kardashian, she actually has a legitimate business? Okay, let's take somebody that has a legitimate business. Why aren't they famous? These all these mom-and-pop stores everywhere. She has no talent whatsoever. She hasn't done anything. Oh, God. She's just another... She's married to a complete whack job rapper that has compared himself to everybody from Led Zeppelin to Jesus Christ. But she was famous before that. Really weird. I don't get it, man. We are really in a cult of personality with these people. It's it's it it, it is crazy. It, people almost get fever pitched about this. You all know that one person that if you start talking smack about <laughs> about the Kardashians or whatever, you know you're gonna get pimp slapped across the face. You know, everybody knows somebody like that. I love to push their buttons. It's hilarious. I, mean, I just I don't get it. I don't get it. These people did nothing to contribute to. Art or society or anything. <laughs> why, why do we give a crap? It's just, it's, oh, it's so weird. I went into this before in the last episode, but it, it's still really, it'll always bug me until my dying day. So getting away from Kim Kardashian. Wow. I feel so relieved, man. I'm so glad that I got to tell you guys about that. If I made this whole podcast and got done and I went to bed tonight, like after I was done with this podcast and I saw that news report, I wouldn't have been able to sleep, man. I am serious. I wouldn't have been able to sleep comfortably. I would have had to fire the computer back up and do a quick episode five just to let you guys know about King Kardashian. I mean, I have a responsibility here. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so anyway, her hair's got her hair's red. That's great. Cassie's pouring something in the sink. You know what's funny when the mic when the gain on the microphone is up, like it is? It seriously sounded like the inside of my colon. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> lawyers and... <laughs> R. Kelly's lawyers entered a not guilty plea. Good luck, Kelly. <laughs> oh, man. R. Kelly. Oh, what else we got? How do you say this chick's name? Ocasio-Cortez? Okay, so Cortez, I, I I can never say it right. Let's just call her uh, Looney McCuckoo. Says she's still in her hood after <laughs> by the Huffington Post. <laughs> you know, what's funny is um, <laughs> crazy McLooney pants. You can go on any news site at all, even ones that, um, you know, kind of like support whatever her agenda is, you can look up. I don't even need to comment on this. I don't need to make any comedy. I don't need to write anything. I don't need to come up with anything silly and clever and witty. Uh, just read anything that she's been involved with, and you'll laugh your ass off. It's just that I don't need to say anything <laughs> about that. Oh, okay, so going away from uh, Wacky McWacky Pants, let's see here. Elizabeth Warren, looking pretty good in your red blazer there. You almost look as pantsuity as uh, Hillary Clinton. I'm <laughs> just gonna leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> there's some things that, like, I I really just have like, oh, should I go there? Should I not go there? And I, while I get more comfortable with you guys over the next few episodes, maybe I'll I'll start dropping the real bombs. You know, I just I'm gonna see how this show does, and then uh, you know, as time progresses, you'll learn more and more about me. <laughs> And what my real opinions are. Not that I'm not giving you real opinions on the show. 
But uh, often I do kind of hold back, and I'm like, man, I really want to say this. I want to <laughs> make this Donald Trump joke, or I want to say this. And a lot of the times I hold back. If you think the show is funny, if you think it's revealing at all, if you think it's you know it's kind of edgy, you have no idea what's in my head. <laughs> hey, Cassie. Okay, so she, Kim Kardashian went red, right? Did she change the uh, the carpet as well as the drapes? Is that in the news? That I want to hear about. What? It's just a question. Okay, so <laughs> uh, how? Uh, let's see here. Holy crap! Fox News just reported. I skipped over this earlier. Fox News just reported that NASA is concerned because an iceberg twice the size of New York City is about to break off of Antarctica. Okay, that's freaking news. Man, I wish Kim Kardashian was standing on it <laughs> when, it <broke laughs> when it broke off. Her and her red hair could go sail off into the wild blue for all I care. But scientists warned Sunday that a massive iceberg will soon calve or break off. See, we learned things on the show. From uh, Antarctica's Brunt Ice Shelf, and they're increasingly concerned about the uncertain future it creates for future research opportunities there. It's about twice the size of New York City. Wow. That is crazy. A noticeable crack uh, last appeared October 2016, making everybody really nervous. Uh, when, so when are they saying this thing is going to go? Uh, accelerating northward. Oh, man. Apparently, it's like right there. Okay, that's that's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Um, I hate it when people say that global warming is a myth. I'm not going to get too in-depth about this, but um, I hate to tell you. Because it's the uh, trust me, trust me. I hate admitting when people like Al Gore are correct, even though you know he is a complete loony bird and he was wrong about a lot of other stuff. Global warming is a thing. What controls our weather for the most part? What controls our weather? The weather patterns, a lot of it has to do with ocean currents, correct? Yes, see, I have nobody else here to argue with me, so I'm right, <laughs> but no, it's true, ocean currents. Very delicate balance of salt and fresh water in these ocean currents. So what happens when you dump a bunch of fresh water into these ocean currents? You screw everything up. Global warming is a thing, I'm sorry to tell you. I, especially all you people that, you know, believe the pseudoscience. And I, I bet you're the same people that think the Earth is fucking flat and the Holocaust never happened, right? Are there are there still, are there still people out there that, that, that believe that crap? So, yes. Let me explain how a greenhouse effect works. You know what? I'm not going to explain how a greenhouse effect works. Go educate yourself. Look it up. Visit Los Angeles sometime, and you'll be really, uh, you'll be convinced about global warming being a thing, okay? <laughs> All this crap coming down from the sun gets trapped here in the atmosphere, screws everything up. Do you know why, Paul, uh, you know why global warming exists? You know where the evidence of it is? You know what the evidence of it? I can prove it right now. I can dispel every argument about global warming right now on the show. Aren't you guys lucky? We're going to prove global warming right now. Are you ready? An iceberg chunk the size of New York City is going to break off the Antarctic. There you go. There's your evidence. Argument solved. <laughs> guys, we really got to stop screwing up this place, man. The Earth is, has been around way longer than us, 
and it's going to be around way after us. You know what's really interesting? I was watching. I know we're running short on time, but uh, I, I, I got to make this point real quick. I remember seeing a documentary about Neil, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson. It was one of his sciencey shows, which I, I, I'm not going to subscribe to a lot of beliefs and disbeliefs that Neil deGrasse Tyson has. Much like a lot of scientists, he has the complete inability to see things right in front of his, his face and um, you know admit mystery when he sees it. But uh, he made a calculation. This might have been Carl Sagan. I'll, I'll have to look this up, but made a calculation that if the universe was created, let's say a 12-month calendar, if the universe was created on January 1st, compared to the whole time frame, if we liken all this to a 12-month calendar, human beings did not start appearing on this earth until about 11 p.m. on December 29th. Isn't that insane? And human beings, as far as our, our calculations go, science uh, has always been waiting to be proved wrong. So, but you know, based on what we think now, even if that does change by quite a bit, I mean, it, human beings have not been around this long. Look what we've done to this place, man. The Industrial Revolution alone, we're tearing this planet up, man. We really got to quit. This is kind of the place that we live. You know, trees give us oxygen. Maybe we shouldn't cut them down so much. Our atmosphere is what we breathe. And even if all trees stop producing oxygen and oxygen isn't being produced here on the atmosphere, human beings can actually live for thousands of years based on the amount of oxygen that's already in our atmosphere. It would take, I think, the last time I read it, it would take about twenty to 30,000 years to deplete all of the oxygen in the atmosphere. But uh, we, we can't bake on stuff like that. Let's quit melting icebergs. <laughs> it's just, uh, it, it's, it's... Uh, it's crazy. I'd like to stick around for a little while longer. Um, Mars doesn't look very inviting to me. I've seen pictures of Titan. I really don't want to live under a giant ice ocean. I don't want to live near the core of, you know, any dusty, disgusting planet. Well, We will get our rover back. I mean, that's a plus. If we do leave Earth and go to Mars, at the very least, you know, we'll be able to hang out with uh, Opportunity. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about opportunity because it's really going to make me upset. I got to go, guys. <laughs> I can't talk anymore. Now, before we leave, I uh, if you just indulge me really quick, I, I, I wanted to get a little heavy with you for just a second. I want to kind of slow down for just a minute and explain. Um, you know, because we, we have fun and we be silly and we comment on these news things and I tell you guys my personal opinions about you know Democrats and famous famous people and you know stuff like that but um you know I, I I wanted to put things into a little bit of perspective in terms of how I feel why I I feel um you know these certain things that I do why I have these certain opinions that I do and um my band salvaged who actually did the no disclosure it's based on a salvaged song, my one of my one of my band's songs off of our third album uh, called No Disclosure. It's a concept album called A Madman's Jury. It's a great record. It's one of the best albums we've ever made, and it was our first concept album. It tells it's a story album, and uh, even though it's a fictional story, there's a song on it called Society of Clones that tackles a lot of really a lot of the issues that we tackle here on this show, things about conformity things about why do we 
worship certain people and why do we worship certain ideas and even entertain some thoughts even though they're completely insane just because our leaders and you know people of authority say that we should and um after the madman's jury novel came uh, <laughs> i'm getting into that after the album came out i thought you know we should make this a novel you know we should we should write a book because it was a great story and our, our singer guitar player band leader matt van dyne Came up with the story. I thought it was awesome. I said, you know, we should have a novelized um, a version of this album. So we did. Uh, we wrote the Madman's Jury novel. And um, it was a great, great book. Uh, one of my bestsellers. And one of my most critically reviewed, uh, critically reviewed well books. Um, go on Amazon. Look up my name, Billy Dean Shoemate III, A Madman's Jury. Available on paperback and Kindle, among all my other books. But... Uh, Madman's Jury in particular, uh, it's it's one of the best books I think I've ever written. But uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because in the chapter, Society of Clones, I wrote something. And this is from the point of view of the main character in the story he's posting to this, like, you know, message board. And it has a lot to do with, you know, the main character exposing a big government secret. And without getting into too much plot of the book, I don't want to ruin it for you. <laughs> he's, you know, working to expose a lot of things. And I wanted to get really personal there for a minute and really explain my own real life thoughts and views about, you know, what kind of what the song encompassed for me, you know, what it was about. And uh, it explains a lot of the thought process behind this show, too. I've never really gone this heavy and this deep, but I, I, uh, I just feel like I want to share something with you. We're being silly here and we're having fun. But I want to give you a little insight as to why, you know, I think these things and why I, I think so much of this is crazy. You see, in the beginning there was man. Man was sinless and in communion with God himself. Man made a decision. It was the most significant pronouncement in the entire scope of man's existence. He decided to rebel. To take into his own hands the knowledge that would throw this world into darkness. All was supposed to be peaceful and blissful. Man saw it a different way. Like the taste of forbidden fruit, the sweet and new world quickly began to develop a sourness that will only rot over time. Brother killed brother. Friend killed friend. Lover betrayed lover. Wars were started. Wars ended. Paving ways for more brutal ones. New hatreds arise. Man lost his sight with God. Even people who attempted to bring back man to peace were martyred and crucified. Others were hunted down in the centuries to come, targeted by the kings of the earth as disruptors, people who wanted to fix what was clearly not broken. But things were broken, weren't they? Things continued the way they were. Man began to despise what was different from the, socia uh, the socially elite of his communities. New lands were discovered, and human beings from these new lands were brought back as slaves. Simply because their skin appeared different. America became the next target. Those native to this land were forced out and moved anywhere, just as long as they were out of the way. Trails all over the great expanse of what would be the greatest nation on earth, the new Babylon, were paved in blood. Man was taking over. World wars began. World wars ended. Physical walls fell, but newer ones were built in places least expected, the mind. Man grew farther and farther apart from his intended place. No one knows exactly when it happened, but the most powerful of leaders found something. 
something so dark, so incredible, so illuminating, that if exposed, would change the face of perception forever. The vote to keep this knowledge hidden was decided unanimously. Knowledge has always been power. Now, knowledge had become a hidden, secret thing, reserved only for those considered privileged. Normally, man would not stand for this. Man needed to be occupied. Man needed to be distracted. The answer was stumbled upon rather quickly. The leaders of men declared, declared war on their own followers, the very people who vote to put them in their positions of authority. Campaigns of diversion, misinformation, consumption, and fear kept man away from the hidden knowledge. An overabundance of false advertising, misleading suggestions from trusted individuals, fictional lives called reality television were created. Man was placed off balance. Every day they're told what to wear, what to say, how to think, and how to look. Everything outside of that will not do. Everyone that did not fit in line with the suggested way of living was cast out. Everyone who did not have the money to afford the same shoes everybody else wore was considered to be less worthy of kindness and respect. People listened to their leader's subliminal whispers that seemed to come from everywhere. You are worthless if you do not go to college. The more cars you have, the more you are to be taken seriously. If you have pimples, you'll die alone if you don't apply the solution. It's okay to separate and divorce if you have children. Taking the easy way out is much nobler than working to fix your life. Terrorists are on every street corner, sending anthrax through the mail in blank boxes, putting bombs in children's teddy bears, and poisoning our water supply. The suffocating, cancer-causing smog over Los Angeles is so bad that no one can see the hills 10 miles away. Yet, citizens of the city are full of fear over something else. The dangerous man that will break into their house. The gangs in South Central that kill on sight. It had to be true. It was on television. Fat people are objects of public ridicule while pedophilia is considered a disease. One man hacks a website and spends years in prison. Another man murders his wife and her best friend in broad daylight, but the expensive lawyer he afforded with his well-to-do way of life acquits him entirely. Movies tell us that the good guy always gets the girl, that greatness can only be achieved by holding a stereo over your head outside of your love's second-floor window. Advertisements tell us only that cool, hard-working, and tough people smoke, while hospitals are filled with people who cannot breathe without a machine. Advertising firms make billions by promoting sex and drug use, while children everywhere will die within their first year because they're born with AIDS. The free health clinic in Flint, Michigan was shut down because of city funding cuts, while a movie star in Hollywood writes a check for $13,000 to a plastic surgeon for a new nose. And I make a no-disclosure podcast laughing at Kim Kardashian's red hair being placed over the death of a human being. Society of clones we are. The latest trend is king of all. I love all of you, and have a good day. Did you know it's the faces here?